I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Hi, welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Gibb. So great to have you here. This podcast is all about helping you to take up more room on the page of your life, how to uncover your stories. And yes, you have so many important stories that are worthy of being shared in this world unapologetically. And I hope that this show and these guests and my insights begin to light a spark or reignite a truth inside of you. In my opinion, some of the most powerful healing work that we can do collectively as humans is talking to and supporting our inner child. I see this all the time. People come to me all the time. They're like, abs, I'm super nervous to start sharing more parts of my story, right? Like it's really nerve wracking to be out there and to be more vulnerable, but it does not take me long to find out that somewhere in your early childhood, you shared your truth and it either fell on deaf ears, you were punished, shamed, teased, gaslit, maybe all of them. And right now you're shaking your head. You thought of an exact moment. Maybe you were three, five, seven, eight, where this happened. And you started to stuff and shrink and hide, right? And in order to survive, that's the thing. In order to survive, you had to begin to stuff your truth. And now you're coming here, you're listening to this episode because you're ready to thrive, which means healing those parts that are still scarred and still scared. When we ignore the inner child, when we don't allow the space for them to feel and to integrate them in, then they're going to run amok. They're going to run you. That's Christine Olivia, otherwise known as the cacao mama on Instagram. And she uses her ancestral traditional ceremonies to help people unlock and re-engage conversations with their inner child. And she does this all with very traditional, high quality ceremonial cacao. She's also the author of this beautiful new book called A Child of Magic, where during the launch, she found out that she was pregnant. Exciting, right? So Christine, she wastes no time. She posts the news on social media just to find out. Just like howling and in my pain and in my anger, so much anger. She suddenly had a miscarriage. But true to herself, unapologetically, she shares that news too. And I know that we've seen other celebrities recently like Chrissy Teigen doing this as well. And I think it is so powerful to begin to normalize this conversation. And this is why I believe in the power of story and why, honestly, it starts with healing your inner child. Enjoy the episode. What I really admire is that you were able to not only share this so publicly, but it's, it's gotta be so painful to heal something that never will be. It's one thing when there's a human earth side that we get to honor and grieve, but how does that even begin? I've never gone through this. Like, Mm -hmm. how is that, how is that process to grieve something that never will be? Yeah. So it's an initiation. It's really an intense thing because you go through all the symptoms of being a mother and yet you have nothing to show for it. There is nothing in your arms and you have all of these 
you know, natural feelings to want to nurture and then it's, it's taken away from you so suddenly. So it's very painful. It's painful physically. Um, and so much so emotionally and, it's something that's just so, so intense and hard to put into words. Um, and yet it was such a blessing for me because I got to hold a ceremony around losing her. So, and I got to speak to her, um, while in the process of losing her because I had this fear, um, when cramps had come before the bleeding, there was very light spotting. And I just was, I went into a space of, 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 um, a fear, deep fear. And then I, and I felt this pain of fear and it just like coursed through me. And so I was like, okay, I get to have a conversation with her because if she's going to come, I really want to hold space for her in a very, um, safe way and calm way and not overreact, right. Go into that overreact. And also if she isn't ready to be here and she wants to go, then I get to make space for that and surrender to whatever it is that she wants to do. Get out of my own way. This isn't just about me. So I communed with her and I felt her and I, and I, and I said exactly that. And I felt that like, I get to surrender in this moment to whatever she wants to do, whatever you want to do. Little one is what I said. And then I started to bleed and everyone kept saying that can be normal. That can be normal. So I was very unsure. And then I had some pain and I was supposed to hop on a flight, um, that morning at six in the morning. It was like one of the earliest flights. It was awful. And I'm like, so I already feel bad, you know, just from being yeah. up. So <laughs> oh, and then no. that so I was like, okay, I get to listen to my body and do what is best for me and what is best for her. And it was the best choice that I made was to, to skip the flight, cancel the flight. And I stayed and it was the most beautiful thing because when she did pass and, you know, we let her go, I got to bury her in the earth and on like family's land and get to, I got to have ceremony and a ritual and a release and like really feel into deep sorrow and grief, like hands and knees on the earth, like, you know, in the mud and the dirt, just like howling and in my pain and in my anger, so much anger. I was so angry that I didn't get to be a mother. Like, this is like my Dharma. It's part of my Dharma. So I got to go through all the grief and thank God, because that is a big part of this whole process. And what came through if not during, you know, after it was like they, they melded together and I knew it was just a blessing that she came through. She gifted me with more love than I've ever felt in my entire life, more joy, more bliss, more excitement. The most exciting thing in my entire life was the fact that I was going to have a baby. Um, and so she just blessed my womb up. And what came through was the message that she's blessing this space and making space for the next child to come through in such a safe environment, like feeling so much love and bliss and joy and safety, just like literally like blessing the space and like she's out. And then here comes this next being that gets to come through soon enough when in yeah. divine timing. And it's just going to be the most beautiful, you know, bright, joyous womb space ever. So <laughs> there's that. Holy shit. <laughs> what a gorgeous initiation. Yeah. And to be so brave to welcome that into and allow yourself to be activated in that way. If someone is going through this, what type of ritual did you do? Or what's something that they 
might be able to honor that season with? I've had other sisters who have had miscarriages and they will, um, you know, buy themselves like a ring or some piece of jewelry, a necklace that reminds them of their little, their little one. And for me, there was a crystal nearby that my partner found and he placed it on top of um, where we laid her in the earth and it stayed with her overnight. And then I took that the next day. So that's with me and that'll stay on my altar. Um, so not so much having jewelry, but like a stone that represents her or, you know, anything that you can use to represent her and her energy or his energy or their energy. For me, I really strongly felt, um, uh, a little girl's energy. So I call her my little girl. Yeah. How, yeah. how far along were you? I was six weeks. Wow. And that's another thing. It like, does it matter, you know, how far along we are that the grieving process is real. The pain is real. Like we have, our body has just so quickly switched to wanting to be a mother, to becoming a mother, to being a mother. So all of the hormones are there. All of the things are happening. The breasts are enlarged, you know, the womb is tender, all of these things. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it's deep, it's intense. Um, and it doesn't matter how, how long for sure, like everyone's pain is real. Everyone's pain is valid. I like to think of that analogy that, um, you can drown in an inch of water and in a sea and it doesn't change that you've drowned. Right. And, but to give other women permission to grieve more openly as we do with so many other types of grief was one of the powers that I was really touched by your bravery. Because you also shared that at that point, you were already starting to prepare for this child, not just physically and emotionally, but, but also like in your space, right? Like you were preparing a nursery and getting clothes and your partner was Um, getting excited or. We were so effing excited. Yeah. We were really excited. Um, So when we found out, you know, it wasn't us who were getting things, but like my mother was already preparing. She's like, I already went shopping and I got this and that. So it's been a long time coming. And this is my first ever pregnancy. I've never had a scare or anything. And I'm 34 years old. So it was a really big deal. And yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was really, really intense. And again, it was also just such a blessing. I've been able to like, look at it from the other lens, but also grieve. So I, you know, I'll be crying one day and then laughing the next. And it's like, and that's okay. That's so, so beautiful. And I'm so glad I shared how I was so excited. And a lot of people questioned that and were like, are you sure you want to share that? Mm -hmm. Because you never know what can happen, right? Miscarriages are really common, but this is the most exciting thing that's ever happening in my life. Of course, I'm going to share it with my, you know, followers. So that's, that's a given because it would be, it would just be disingenuous if I didn't share that thing happening with me. And I waited a a couple of few days ish, um, (laughs) but I was beyond excited. And so then when it happened, of course, I'm going to share, you know, my, my loss and my grief. And then to hear how common this is, so many sisters that I know have gone through the same thing. And especially with the first pregnancy, like mm-hmm. your body's just getting prepared and is like, wait, what is this? You know, yeah. what is happening? So it's very common. And I have one very close sister friend and uh, she, she had a miscarriage for her first pregnancy. And now she has three beautiful, healthy children. So I just want people to hear that too. And that you still have help. hope, but I feel like we haven't until very recently even spoke about it. There's not in, especially in a Western culture, Mm -hmm. we don't hold space 
for women to openly grieve. We don't have a lot of language and context for women. And that's why I felt deeply healed for female lineage to see you speak so openly about this with obviously no shame or any marker of hesitation. You, you just showed up fully to be seen and loved and held in this process. And I just admire that so deeply about you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Really. I'm like, this is a natural process that can happen. So like, for me, there was no shame around it. You know, I had other people talking about how they had had shame around it and how that can come up. And it is a real thing that comes up because people then want to make you feel as if there's something wrong with you or whatever the, the case may be. And once again, it's a normal thing. It happens. These things that happen, right? It's like, no. So I just shared from that place about the authenticity and I'm like, here I am. So, which yeah. you do so beautifully. You really do. <laughs> which is so funny, by the way, because we've <laughs> talked for so long on social and I've never yeah. actually gotten to speak to you in person. This is our first like time hanging out, which I always yeah. think is just so funny. Like have the people <laughs> I meet for the first time on this show, kind of, but I like, <laughs> feel like I know so much about you. It's just, uh, the internet's a funny, it's a funny place. And yeah. what was happening to you at the time, you were birthing essentially two things at once, this human yes. baby and this book baby, which is also very much a valid, huge thing to be birthing for anyone that's listening. That is an author. That is also a baby. You birth it for sure. So tell yes. us about this book, which has a lot in common with all these other parts of your story right now. It's so wild. The day that I put my book in its first bookstores a day, I found out that I was pregnant, which was so beautiful and so exciting. Um, and the book, the first time I wrote the book, and this is the second edition that I just published, but the first time I wrote, it, it took me nine months. So it was like my first baby and it is my first baby. Um, and now it's been edited and re rewritten and just like uplifted, taken to another level. Thanks to my beloved, my partner, Spencer, who has helped me in that. And it's just so beautiful. It's called the child of magic. And it's about, um, a little girl who comes into the world, like connected to the magical elements to mother earth through the tree, through all of the elements, actually earth, air, wind, fire. Um, she talks to fairies and the talking Fox, and you see other mystical creatures come in so that you can really play with your inner child and with your imagination. So this is a book that is for adults and their inner child oh, and I love for adults to their children. Cause it's fun for everyone. Um, and it's unlike really anything we've seen. And so she comes into the world connected to the magic, to the truth of who she is. She forgets through the human experience through heartbreak, especially her father's, um, you know, abandonment and heartbreak. And she forgets just like we all do through all of the things that happen to us. And then she comes back into a remembering. So it's this process that we are all in of coming back into the truth of who we truly are and connecting back to mother earth, to the magic, to our hearts. And it's with the help of her ancestors, with the help of mother earth that she comes back um, to her truth. So it's really, really sweet and magical and fun. And how much of it is based off your actual childhood? It's autobiographical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did you grow up by the way? I actually grew up in Riverside County. And oh my gosh, not exactly yeah. known as the most magical place on the planet. Not no, not at all. My mother was a single parent. 
my father, you know, abandoned us at three. He came back and forth. Um, and then he took his life when I was 22. So it was a really hard time. I had a really, a pretty rough childhood, but I always had this imagination. I was always using the imagination, using it to really come back to the truth of who I was. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get to use in this now moment with all of the things happening in the world, come back to the imagination, come back to what we can imagine the world being or our worlds that we want to create for ourselves to be like. How have you been able to start to speak to her? your actual inner child. How did Mm -hmm. you start that journey? And what type of, well, what, what is she telling? What has she been telling you? Right. Mine has just been a really interesting diet. It's an open dialogue now, (laughs) definitely Mm -hmm. an open dialogue. Um, yeah. How did it start for you? It started for me with, with cacao, like everything Mm -hmm. changed with cacao. Um, my first ceremony, I sat with mine cacao from Guatemala and was like, wait a minute, I'm Guatemalan. My father was from Guatemala and he had migrated over to California when he was only five years old. Um, so half Guatemalan and then I'm, I'm Mexican and all these other little things from Europe as well. Little, I'm a a mix. And, um, like most of us are. Yeah, exactly. So so it brought me back to my heart. And then from there with the medicine, I knew I was supposed to work with the cacao to heal myself, which includes the inner child and, you know, healing that connection to her. Um, And also I knew it was a knowing and understanding that I was meant to work with the medicine in order to share it with the world, like to bring back this ancient knowledge um, where the ancestors have been using the cacao for thousands of years in right relation rather than just having the chocolate. Right. So, which is a whole thing we can get into. Yeah, I'm like, wait, you're going to have to break this down for me, but we'll, we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back yeah, to cacao exactly. ceremony in a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so it started with the cacao and being able to even have an open dialogue to even be open enough to be like, what is an, even an inner child? Yeah. Right? That just was like the catalyst for everything. And then I could have a conversation with her and it is as simple as today. I'm still using the practice of actually connecting with her and speaking to her, imagining her in my mind. So closing my eyes, meditating with her and asking her how she feels like straight up, close your eyes in this moment. If you're listening to this podcast and just check in for a second, notice how does she feel? See if you can imagine in your mind's eye in this moment, what she looks like. Is she smiling? Does she have tears? Is she giggling? And how does she feel? And ask her, literally ask her, how are you feeling? And ask her three times so you can get to the root of what she really is feeling. And when you get that answer, ask her what can I do for you? What would you like? What can I give you? And give it to her because now you are her mother and her father. And so maybe she just wants a hug. You can hug yourself. You can kiss your shoulders. I like to do this almost every day. That is power. I mean, I just dipped right in. Holy shit. 
maybe she wants some ice cream or maybe she wants some cacao. So this is what we yeah. do. <laughs> and when you first did this process and is everybody, by the way, if you're listening, you're like, uh, wow. Okay. So I just entered another dimension. Thanks. <laughs> this lady's like, oh, real time, witch. and I'm like, yeah, she really, she really is. Uh, how, what was that like the first time you heard her? Like you actually talked to her the, the first time. Afraid. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering is like, was she like, who are you? Or was she like, thank you for talking to me? Like she had fear. She was crying. Then I was crying and it was, I'm afraid I'm scared and I'm not safe, you know, because I had not given her the space to feel a lot of pain, a lot of fear and all of these different things. And so some of the first answers were like, Disney movies, like she wants to watch Disney cartoons, right? Yeah. She wants to watch whatever it was that made her feel connected to the inner child. And she wants to eat ice cream, but vegan because I'm lactose intolerant. So taking care of yourself. Okay? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it was like the simplest, simplest things, but yeah, there were a lot of, a lot of tears. And even till today, it's like, there's so much to feel. And so give yourself the time and the space to actually feel it and let her be herself and let her feel it all. I've never asked this question before, but do you think that after some amount of time, the inner child is quote healed and is gone from you, like is absorbed into you, or are you always taking care of this inner child? Like this is a forever relationship. This is a forever relationship. She will always be of you and a part of you. And you'll always see her come out at whatever opportune times that she wants to come out. Um, but you, this is a forever, like you get to mother and father her forever. Yeah. I, it makes me think of a really beautiful piece of installation art from Burning Man. If you've ever seen it with the two people are sitting yeah, yes. apart from each other and then the inner children are touching each other. Yes. What has this work done for you in your personal relationship with, with your life partner? Yes. So many things. It's been so healing for, for both of us, actually, especially with writing the book together. Yeah. Um, my partner was like, just for him and for me, writing the book itself has been healing for the inner child. Right. I mean, it starts with us connecting with our inner, our inner child. And this is a way in which to do that. And so I was like fully tapped into my imagination. I had the cacao in me every time um, I was writing, I was in ceremony. And so whether I was drinking it or with her essence, she was fully being channeled. So there are parts where I'm like, that's me, but it's also not exactly me. Yeah. Um, which is so beautiful, but deep, deep, profound healing. Because when we ignore the inner child, when we don't allow the space for them to feel and to integrate them in, then they're going to run amok. They're going to run you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's really important <laughs> to be mothering and fathering this little one and integrating them in and listening to them and allowing them to express really like express and feel and play. Yeah. Play. Play is huge. And how do you hold space? It's Spencer, right? Your partner? Yes. Yeah. So how do you hold space for Spencer in, in relationship to commune with his inner child? And to essentially meet each other in that healed space. What does that look like for your relationship? I love that. I mean, we've, we play together. We don't make it so, so serious all the time. Like so many of us are wanting to do the work and, 
and, you know, be the best facilitators and be this or be that. And it's like, we also get to play and just have fun. So for me and him, we're, we're always giggling or telling jokes. He cracks me up. I crack him up. Um, I'll make him watch Disney movies with me. (laughs) We will drink lots of cacao and be out in nature and remember that we are her children. So that's a really good way to do that with your partners, just to be out in nature. And if you can be naked in nature and make that really fun and beautiful and sensual, like this is all perfect. All perfect. You're a woman Mm -hmm. after my own heart. That is exactly what I do with my partner too. Play, play in nature, like play. And like, you know, when it's appropriate, clothes are not necessary. Like maybe some hiking shoes, but like, you don't really need (laughs) as much. You really don't. And it just feels right. Yes, it does. I don't know how to explain it. It just feels like this is how it's, it's supposed to be. This is it. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And you won't know what we mean until you try it. So only try it before you knock anything. Um, Yeah. Before you roll your eyes so deep. (laughs) Yeah. Get to try it first for sure. In a very safe space, of course. Right. Obviously appropriate. Like maybe not. Then you're definitely not going to have a good experience. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe not at the city park in Austin, Texas, but like, you know, out somewhere. How did you meet him by the way? What has that journey been like of healing yourself and then being able to welcome in another love? Cause obviously it works from the inside out. So. Yes, we were in Guatemala of all places where I was going back to connect with the land and the indigenous peoples um, and to connect with cacao, of course, and get more cacao because that's where I get my cacao. Um, so I was going there and as soon as I got there, they closed the borders and we were quarantined together. So I was quarantined with him and four other people in a house. And as soon as we met, we just we knew you know, there's this deep connection and bond, but also past life remembrance. So many things happened. And so three months together in Guatemala really did it for us. Yeah. Wow. COVID's <laughs> love story. Yeah. yeah. Pretty wild. And we couldn't be from more different backgrounds, but um, yeah, deep, deep connection, deep love. And it's just so beautiful how he's uplifted the story and really uplifts the goddess, which is what all of our partners should do. And just like gives me a voice and, you know, just, yeah, it's beautiful. I love your face right now. No one can see (laughs) it at home, but her face, y'all know the face, you know, the face, you got the face (laughs) right now. And I love that for you. I love that so deeply for you. Did you ever worry that this time wouldn't come? Did you, did you sit in any of that fear or are you the one human on the, on this earth that just thought this was always going to be the way it was? Um, I did not know actually for a while with my past partner, I didn't even think I could have children. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Oh, okay. I didn't think I could have children. He can't, he couldn't have children. So I just thought it wasn't for me. And I really was just in a place where I was very dedicated to be of service. And so I really wasn't taking enough care of myself. And a big aspect of that was like my sexuality and I was not being met in many ways. And I was very, um, yeah, just not satisfied with my life in that way and relationship. So yeah, it was, it was a huge thing to realize that like, oh no, there's someone for everyone and you can be met on every level, not just on some levels, 
yeah, but on the sexual level as well. And, you know, the inner child connection and the intellectual and the, all of the things, which is so beautiful. You get to be met on every level. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. So how was this process for you of coming to Guatemala for the first time? And how did Cacao call you there? Because I'm sure you felt a literal call. Um, it was actually the third time that I had gone to Guatemala and it was, yeah, an understanding. I get to go to the land to connect. Um, and often because that's where my father's from and I don't have any family from that side. Um, you know, they've all passed away. So for me, when I go, it's like, I am connecting with the ancestors so deeply and all of the Mayan peoples, I don't speak the Mayan dialect, but when I hear them speak, I am like, these are you know, my family. Mm -hmm. And so it's so, so beautiful. And I'll get little signs. I'll see the blackbird. He's, his nickname was crow. So I'll see crow sometimes. And it's like, he's saying hello. And I'll see my last name on boats or on signs, billboards, Hernandez. And I'm just like crying. Cause I'm like, I feel them so deeply. Yeah. I feel him so deeply. And that is another beautiful point as to, I love sharing this. It's like, you know, our parents are not always well-equipped to be here, not even to be on earth, let alone to be parents mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. So he was not, and yet in his spirit form, he is holding space for me. He is one of my guardians, one of my angels, the loving ancestor that watches over me and, and has guided me to this path. So I feel so blessed and so grateful. I think it's a really important point to make. And that's actually why I put that in the book as well. Yeah. And like another element to the book is rewriting our stories with our parents um, and their stories. And so in the book, he is in the essence of a jaguar and he comes to her throughout her life. And then at the end, she gets to meet him and have a conversation with him. I won't give it all the way, but it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> but it's beautiful. And how have you been able to rewrite that story about your father and forgive him. Yeah. Literally I got to rewrite it and create my own story by writing it down. Like yeah. this is a rewriting of what really happened. Right. Which is he took his life yeah. and that was extremely painful. And I was able to forgive him in that process um, and forgive him with the help of cacao really. And understand that again, he was not ready to be here. And that wasn't his fault. He had been hurt so many times. He was molested when he was five years old by a priest, you know, coming over to the States. Like that is heavy. He left during the civil war. People don't even know there was a Guatemalan civil war against the Mayans. There's tons of genocide. The Mayans had been wiped out already from colonization. And then again, you have, you know, a civil war in like the seventies. Um, so it was, really hard on him. This, this world has been really hard on him. He's, he's a Brown man in you know, this kind of world, it was really intense for him. So I can understand that and have compassion for him. And I can come to this place of forgiveness. Do I miss him? Absolutely. Do I wish that he had been here 100%, but can I feel him now? Yes, as well. So I can feel him now and um, bring him into my ceremonies like I always do, as well as the other ancestors that are there for me that are the unconditional loving ancestors. So it's such a beautiful, beautiful gift that Cacao has come into my life and gifted me with that understanding and with that knowing. And that's only a felt knowing. It's hard to put into words and yep. to understand with me just talking about it, but I promise you, you can feel it too. It's a capital K knowing. Yeah. It's like this silent current. It's just, it just mm. is. 
Yeah. Yes. When you know, you know, when you know, you know. And I love that. for those of us that don't know a lot about cacao and are thinking more like hot chocolate, like Hershey's hot chocolate <laughs> you have at Christmas. Obviously, we're not talking about that kind of cacao. Tell mm-hmm. me about the process, about the lineage and yes. the ceremony. Yes. So when we have chocolate, it is highly processed and all of the living enzymes are stripped away. All of the fat is taken out. So you're left with the fragrance of cacao. You're left with the powder um, and the taste of it, but not with the properties that are alive. And those, and that is what is healing. That is what our ancestors used when they have it in pure form. When we can have it cacao in pure form, we retain all of that. And we have beautiful living enzymes and healing properties like anandamide, which is a bliss molecule. You have theobromine that gently energizes magnesium that really gets us into our body, relaxes our muscles, feeds our brain. Um, it's filled with vitamins, nutrients, antioxidants. So it's like a superfood, but on a spiritual level, you can feel yourself on an emotional level as well, like open and blossom open. Um, and this is why the indigenous people use the medicine for ceremony, for shamanic purposes. So it's been used for thousands of years. Um, the Olmecs were the first, we found traces within the Olmecs pottery of cacao. So from the Olmecs, the Aztecs, the Mayans, they've been using it. And the Mayans really understood the power of this. They used it as currency. They used it for everything between life and death for every type of ceremony. And so for me, it's so important to share that and to share this medicine with the world. So that's actually why I created something that was a little bit easier for people to understand a gratitude method called the Matiosh method. Okay. And Matiosh means thank you in Mayan. So it's a gratitude method where we use the Mayan cacao meditation and movement. So you don't even need to know, but if you're there and you're experiencing it, you will feel it regardless. Um, it's a profound plant. It's gentle, but profound, very par- powerful plant medicine is what it is. And how do you offer it now? What do you do with it now? Yeah. So the Matheosh method is, is like a cacao ceremony, right? But it's my own method that I created so that we can really embody gratitude. Um, and so we drink the cacao. And like I said, when we have it in pure form, it's from the bean, this is how it's prepared yeah. is you take the beans from inside the cacao pod. There's about 20 to 50 cacao beans. Um, the Mayan women, the Quiche and the Quichicao women prepare my cacao from a women's collective in Guatemala near Lake Atilan. Um, and they ferment the beans. Um, they lightly roast them to get a little bit of a nutty flavor. And then they, they hand peel the husks off before stone grinding into a block paste. And so if you order cacao online, you'll see my blocks. It's called the Child of Magic Ceremonial Cacao Blocks. And then from there, we just chop up the cacao, um, add hot water, a little spices sometimes, and a little natural sweetener because it's quite bitter when it's natural. So then we drink cacao, we journey with the cacao, and you can feel it instantly. If you're sensitive, um, you know, if you don't have a lot of things that are, are numbing, like you're not drinking very much, you don't have a lot of caffeine you're going to feel it right away. Now, if it, if you're a little bit more 
you know, with the caffeine and all of these other things, it could take a little bit more, but you can absolutely feel it and it'll meet you where you are. So I, I, I like to say it kind of walks you to the door of your transformation rather than pushing you through like some of the other plant medicines out there, like oh. ayahuasca, watching all these other things mm-hmm. that are a little more intense on our bodies. This is a lot more gentle and it's like the grandmother essence and she holds you with that unconditional love. So it's very sweet. And this is also why you see it during the holidays. It feels good. And Valentine's Day, it's an aphrodisiac as well. So of course, Valentine's Day makes sense. Hey, you know? Yeah. We're using it for all of these things and we're only having chocolate and the taste and not retaining any of those healing benefits. So it's, it's wild, but we're, we're coming back to that understanding. Isn't that such like a metaphor though, for so many other parts of this world that we strip it down into all of the pieces in our lives that don't serve us, you know, like they're just, I I just, I feel like we could go very deep and very meta with how we take so many pieces of this earth and strip them for our needs and lose all of their essence. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like what it's interesting that that's what our society has done with so many things. If you think about the, you know, pharmaceuticals and drugs, like they yeah. just tweak them to do something else. But if you just have them in the pure form, they're probably better for you. And usually they're always better for you. Right. When you have them in their, their pure form. So it's, it's actually fascinating. Yeah. I wanted to ask, um, I've seen this a few times and I've only had cacao in ceremony. Like you're speaking, not with you. Luck, unfortunately, not, I'm not lucky enough yet, but I will. Um, but I'm, I've seen it online about this concern of cultural appropriation. So I just wanted to ask from a cacao goddess herself, like if I wanted to like basic white woman to go and order your cacao, would that be appropriate? And if I had an experience on my own. Is that okay? And if I have ceremony with other friends, is that okay? Like, I just, I want to be really respectful to this beautiful tradition and medicine. So it's all about intention. Okay. And about having reverence and respect. So absolutely use it for yourself, use it in a ritual and it's used from everything between the boardrooms and the jungles because it's so helpful for creativity as well. Again, I wrote the book on it, you know, so many things you can use it for, for art, for your business, for all of the things that just uplifts your spirit and makes you feel so good. Um, even if you're having smaller doses and you're not having it a full ceremonial dose and going that deep, it's going to benefit your life. So people are using it in so many different ways, but in reverence, like just imagine if we had reverence for everything we do. It's just like how we should say thank you to our food before we eat it and our water, like everything is alive. Everything has memory and it's just going to bless your body and nourish your body even more. So you're welcoming it in when you do it in that way. So again, everyone can use this. And I just want to stress that it's about really having reverence to the people who create it as well. Like always giving thanks to the Mayan indigenous women who create the medicine for you first and foremost, um, honoring the ancestors, honoring the ancestors of the land that you're on. If you're doing this with right intention, then you can't go wrong. So holding that in your heart and understanding, um, and learning more about it, like, don't just, you know, Oh, I have this right intention, but know nothing about it. Like learn what you get to learn and, um, understand the history. Um, and again, yeah. Honoring the, the elders and the teachers that know a lot about this medicine. So 
That's really important. I mean, that's why I also created, I have a course called the heart of cacao so that you can learn all of that in a very easy way to digest. You learn about, um, ceremony, you learn about all about cacao, the history, the health benefits, all of it is in there. Super easy. You can find it on my Instagram. Like do that. If you, if you feel called to hold ceremony, know where it's coming from, have mm-hmm. the reverence, have the right intention and mm-hmm. buy her course. Y'all of course, yeah. of course, yeah. buy her course. What are you hoping that this movement will give the world? Heart, Mm. like remembrance, right? Coming into our hearts before anything else. That's another thing I put into the book is like all of these things that I want to imagine for the world. I put it in the book so that I can manifest that to happen. Um, So the, you know, I want cacao shops on every corner, not just Starbucks's. I want a place for us to connect to our hearts before we go about our day, connect to our bodies before we do anything else. Um, instead of just going to get some coffee and just like rushing through your day. So these are things I want to see that I placed into the book. And one day this will be a movie that we can all envision and really treat our inner child when they want to see a Disney movie that also speaks directly to your heart and your inner child. So, (laughs) oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we declare it here. And so it is. Mm -hmm. So it is. So it is. Christine Mm -hmm. Hernandez, you are truly magic. Thank you for, thank you for showing up the way that you do for me and for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure to get to hold space with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Matiosh, Matiosh. Matiosh. Did I say it right? Matiosh. Yeah. Yeah. Matiosh. That's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you, my dear one. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.